0: Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now, here's your host, Jody Salvo. Hi, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to another Tuscarawas County Anti Drug Coalition podcast. Today, I have a dear friend of mine, Derek Jenkins, and hopefully, some of y'all know Derek from just being out in the community. Um, Counselor. Um, person in recovery. Um, he's actually not working right in Tuscarawas County right now, but I think a lot of us might know him just from the work he's done in the past um, here in Tuscarawas County. So, Derek, I'm just gonna why you tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes, um, name is Derek Jenkins. Um, be 25 years clean tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that's right? fun. Right? So March 3rd. March 3rd
1: is my anniversary. 1996.
0: Okay, this that's when
1: I, awesome. When I got uh, clean and sober. Um,
0: 25 years. 25 years.
1: I I mean, I remember being two days clean thinking I was in California, whether or not I could get 30 days, you know. Yep. And then I remember calling my sponsor um, one year uh, into my sobriety and say, hey. I got a year, you know. He said, What's what comes after a year? I a said, lifetime. Two years. I said two years. He said no. He said no. A two. year and one day. So he kept me grounded. Sure, you know? sure. And I think, you know, having good people in my life has gotten me to where I'm at today.
0: That is cool. And it's so been cool. a blessing. So Neat. Neat yes. neat. So right. where do you want to start today? You wanna to start back at kind of your path that got that got yeah. you sure. into addiction?
1: Yes. Okay. And we can start there.
0: Um, we're not going to stay there, though, because no. I want to hear people hear yes. a life transformed. Yes. And, um
1: I just want to say, you know, growing up in uh, um, Canton with uh, two parents, um, you know, two great parents, uh, both my mother and father, they were good people, um, with uh, six, uh, six siblings. Okay. And so we had a big family. You know, we all, you know, always had activities going on. We always had a lot of love in the house, and um, good things happened. Um, three older brothers, um, one older sister and a younger sister. Okay. So six so of us. So you were us.
0: one of the young ones.
1: I was, yeah, the baby boy. And I got a sister that's five years younger than me.
0: Okay.
1: And, uh, you know, all I can remember about my childhood is that it was good. I was very, I a spoiled kid. I mean, I, being one of the youngest, <laughs> you know, especially for five years before my sister was born, you know, I was I was spoiled. So... I had a lot of things that I wanted, and that that was, to me, was everything. Um, I think the turning point in my uh, young life was getting involved in sports. Okay. Um, You know, that's something that I thrived at because I had older brothers, and I wanted to be like them. Oh, yeah, that always makes that that young one much better. And and so I had a lot of success playing sports. And, um, you know, that continued. We played music, too. I played the drums. We were in a band, and... um, you know, just a lot of good things. Like my my dad, he was a musician. My mom, she was a uh, she worked at the Hoover Company. Okay. And so we would watch my dad perform. You know, um,
0: what did he play?
1: He played the organ. Okay. Yes, his brother, Uncle Marvin, played for Della Reese for twenty five years. Oh, so wow. we we would we 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 just grew up around music. Yeah. And so. Um, it was nice, you know. Um, my sister sing, my brothers played the drums, so we always we always had music going on, and you know, fun and, and other things.
0: Um, okay, like, this family's found, sounded pretty pretty fun to be in, huh?
1: Yeah, it was fun. Um, I think another turning point, though, was as I got to be a teenager, um, like thirteen. I met a, a group of guys that you know was. <laughs> Drinking and mm-hmm. using, and, uh, you know, peer pressure got me. Um,
0: these guys older than you or your age? Yeah,
1: one was older. But both of them was older than me. And um, so very convincing, you know. Yeah. And uh, when I tried alcohol for the first time, it was a bad experience. I got sick, um, didn't really care for it. And, you know, here come the marijuana right behind there. Uh, I didn't like that experience either, but you know, when you're around people, you continue to do those sure. things. And you know, looking back, 13 was awful young. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just a little teenager. Here sure. I am doing something that's very harmful. Um, <clears throat> but, uh.
0: So do you remember, can you remember, was it to fit in, um,
1: just. It was to fit in for me because, um, I was always like a leader and. Um, this is like one of the first times that I became a follower. Was okay, doing something that I was totally against. I didn't want to do that. Honestly, I I liked where I was at in my young life. I remember I was really a happy young man. Yeah, a young kid, and uh, here it is. I'm you know hanging out with some guys, and that doesn't mean they were bad people. This just the word they were involved sure. in. Sure, and it just you know, um, you know when you hang around those individuals, you end up doing what they do. And and so when I tried it, it was just in a something that was uh, about to be a a, the downfall of my life Mm -hmm. not right then it didn't get me the first initial time that I tried it eventually later on down the road as I you know continue to speak I'll share that but uh, it got me later so at 15 years old um, first time I had sex I had a kid you know my it, oh, you're it, kidding. Yeah. It's, <laughs> first times, everything. First times was bad.
0: Someone else was just telling me that same story. First time. <laughs> I'm like, oh.
1: Yeah. You know. So it, at 15. 15. I had, a, you know, eventually had a son, you know, turning 16. Now
0: um, oh, that's a lot to deal with.
1: It, it As as a young person, it, I had a lot of responsibility at that point. But I can say that I, uh, you know, I was up for the challenge. Um uh, love my son more than anything in the world and uh, So what did
0: that look like? Was you and the young woman same house or your own homes No, no. And
1: yeah, yes. Yeah. So baby care of baby. That yeah, it was a lot more like she was um at home with her parents and I was at home with my parents and our experience was you know, for me anyway, I don't you know, I can't remember exactly what her experience was prior to me, but my first time was with her and um she was come from a religious family her father was a pastor so you know that was difficult
0: I'm just thinking that whole conversation was difficult (laughs) difficult.
1: because you know they came over to talk to my parents and me about you know what direction we're gonna go in and uh, we didn't have we were not in a relationship it was just an experience yeah and uh, you know I felt bad I felt bad for her Felt bad for me because we were so young, you know. Yeah, you guys were babies. Yes, having a baby. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can say that we both, you know, probably learned from our experiences from that. Sure. You know. But, <clears throat> you know, I got custody of him when I was when he was five years old. So, you know, uh
0: So custody?
1: So custody, yeah. He was well he stayed so, with me and my parents.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay. So you are 20 at this point. I was now. 20
1: at this point. But before that, I want to say, though, you know, even having a kid in high school, um, I felt shame. Like, you know, I had like, you know, for some reason, I felt people were looking at me different because I had a kid. But that was my own, uh, you know, thinking. Sure. And, uh, you know, but I wanted to do right by him. And I did do right by him. I got a job. I went on played sports and, I, you know, made something out of myself. At 17, though, I wanted to say, you know I was kind of involved in drinking and you know all those things like that, but when he was born, I think another turning point was when I was turning seventeen, I gave my life to Christ, and so
0: changes everything
1: changes everything, right, and it just eliminated every the whole process of hanging out around okay. negative individuals and trying to stay focused on what I needed to stay focused on. Now, I know that's what got me through high school, kept me focused and then got me a job at Goodyear. okay. So that was kind of like my, a snapshot of my teenage years to, you know, um, getting custody of my son and then, um, working at a, a a A prominent company like Goodyear, Yeah. you know, so everything was going good. Everything was going good. And then 22 years old is when I tried cocaine and
0: what got you to try cocaine,
1: you know, I was hanging out with a friend and, you know, you know, uh, and. He had some cocaine on him. Again, here I am. I'm back to being a leader, but down back into being a follower, back in the seat of being a follower. He had some cocaine and, you know, convinced me like they chow it out. You you might Mm -hmm. like it. And, you know, me trying, you know, trying it. And worst thing I could have done. Was
0: it a pretty quick addiction to that?
1: It was a quick addiction. Okay. Yeah, it didn't take long at all. Because up until this point, I just maybe drank. Occasionally, because I was about working out. I was about fitness. I was about staying, you know, fit and in shape and good health, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't smoke marijuana or anything. I like didn't smoke cigarettes or anything like that. It was just that, you know, the health thing. And I'm still playing ball, wreck ball, and all those things okay. like that. So, um, and taking care of my son. But at 22 years old, i never forget that. First time that I tried cocaine, it was an instant addiction. It was an instant high. And... You know, I, I would like to say I'm an energetic person, but that stimulant kind of uh, intensified that. Okay. And so from that point, from 22 years old um, up to 24 years old, I snorted cocaine pretty much every day.
0: Okay. Functional, working, doing everything.
1: All that. Functioning, working out, everything. And <clears throat> I started to have seizures, though, cocaine convulsions. Um, and that was starting, they were starting to get pretty bad. And it's because I was doing too much. Okay. You know, and.
0: At that point, given you're conscious about your health, were you then trying to stop or?
1: I I was, I wanted to stop, but I couldn't stop. Okay. You know, I'm addicted to it at this point. I have to, you know, I had to have it And, and I couldn't do it by myself. I couldn't stop by myself. Um, It was. It was always around me um my brother got involved in it and that's how you know I was able to keep it um he didn't want me to do it no and I don't think anyone wanted to see me get hooked on it you know right. and um it just it just got out of hand for me um until I had this one bad seizures uh seizure a convulsion or whatever you want to call it um my dad was there when I woke up and you know that I think that was Enough for me. It was like, God, I remember saying, God, if you get me out of this, please get me out of this. I, was, I could hear my dad must have been in that in, in the actual seizure. And I can hear the yeah. fear in his voice. And I just said, God, please get me out of this. Please let me live. Please." Let, and he did. You know, when I woke up, I see, you know, like I saw my dad's face and it was just horrible.
0: Oh, I'm sure. You
1: know, he was devastated. But that stopped. I mean, I actually stopped snorting cocaine okay 24 years old I didn't do no cocaine no more Uh, plus I was losing my eyesight I had uveitis I was losing my eyesight because of the cut they was cutting the cocaine with the poison it's poisonous It was affecting my body but it was attacking my eyesight so to this day I had seven eye surgeries Wow. seven eye surgeries so I don't blame it all on uh, cocaine but I think it's you know, I had a lot to do with sure. Okay, um, but I was able to get back healthy again and doing well for an extended period of time. But then, you know, my um, thinking was, well, <laughs> I can sell it. You know, and <laughs> you know,
0: dumb idea,
1: huh? Yeah, bad idea. You know, sold it for a while, and um at that time they was rocking it up, and it's called crack cocaine. And you know, make a long story short, I tried that, and I thought. Potter cocaine was it crack cocaine was uh took me to a whole another level at the end of my addiction to crack cocaine I was homeless and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life I actually said um to a group of individuals that I was getting high with one night in the basement um that I'd rather be dead than live like this because you know I had so many goals for myself man At this point, I'm living to get high. I'm not even living to be productive at this point. I'm living to get high. What's my next? How am I going to get somebody to get high today? It's when I opened my eyes before my feet even hit the ground. It was like, how am I going to get high?
0: So what happened during that time? Relationships with family? Yes. All that kind of stuff. At the time,
1: I was in a relationship um, with a young lady, um, which at the end, the addiction went out. We had to separate. We actually were engaged, but we separated um, because my addiction was that bad. Um, I've hurt my mother, father, um, my son, my f- brothers and sisters didn't want to yeah. see me like that. Um, a lot of close friends were concerned about me too, you know. And so that was probably the most hurtful thing to know, even going in and out of treatment for t- from twenty five to thirty each year and not having no success at sobriety, okay, you know, because I never, for one, admitted that I had a problem Two, I might've said the things that the counselors wanted me to, you know, wanted to hear. And so therefore I always thought that I can come out and do it differently. Like yeah. my life is not quite as bad as theirs. You know, I don't look as quite as bad as that individual, but at the end I became those individuals and worse. So, uh, learn not to compare myself to anyone yeah at the end so i was able to you know uh through prayer and that i was in a crack house and um i remember saying you know a week before i cried out to god that you know i tried to blow my heart up by getting high like i don't want to live no more i tried to you know i was so depressed that i tried to blow my heart up but i tell you um Thank God he kept me alive. I remember getting on my hands and knees and throwing my hands up and saying, God, please, you know, s- you know, spare me from this addiction. If you spare me from this addiction, I will become a soldier for you. And <laughs> <laughs> right? at the time, I didn't know that I, I would be doing all the things I ended up doing. But I was seriously. He I, took you
0: I, at, your, at your word. Huh? Yes.
1: But I wanted to say, you know, I knew the Lord because I grew up in a household that we did go to church. You <laughs> know, we did go to bible studies and so i knew the lord it wasn't like i didn't know who he was it was just at that point i was not exercising and practicing my faith um but at that point I, when i called out i mean I, I it was just a matter of time within a, a probably a week um that he ended up taking a taste out of my mouth and i never forget working at i was at a us ceramic Towel then uh, down in East Barter i never forget i i was going i was on the phone um helpline asking for help um and the lady said call me every day for the next four days and we as she was working on getting me a flight out to california okay to get clean and i called her every day she said hi or not i was high but then on i think it was like maybe february 28th it was that weekend that my last high was like um Really, snort cocaine was March 1st. My last drink was March 2nd. And then on on uh, March 3rd, I was on the airplane out to California. Anaheim, California got clean.
0: That's so awesome.
1: So, and I've been clean ever since. So the journey has been. So God to, met you. Yes.
0: On your knees in a crack house. On a,
1: in a crack house.
0: Heard you crying.
1: Ow. Crying. I mean, I was desperate. Not, you know, I I was desperate. I wanted help. Yeah. I wanted to stop. I couldn't stop on my own, though. Yeah. You know, but when I called on him, he put people in my path that helped me look at myself in the way that I needed to look at myself. Yeah. Find out why I was picking this stuff up when I know that it's, it's harming everything yeah. around me. Uh, causing problems from, you know, physical problems, um, emotional problems, depression, and hurting my mom and dad. That, 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 to me and my son, that was the most difficult thing that I faced. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I was up for the challenge, and I was out out in California for about seven, eight months, Mm -hmm. I think, and then I came back to Ohio and then I hit the ground running.
0: Yeah. And what's life like after that? <laughs> so
1: life has been like, you know, for the past 25 years, it's too much to talk about. I can tell you, you know, uh, we can go one decade, decade at a time. But in the first 10 years was really rough because I lost my brother. He was murdered. Um, mm-hmm. I lost both my parents within the 10 years, my grandmother and my aunt and my, one of my first cousins. That's
0: all in your first decade. W- of
1: my first 10 years, years. of sobriety yeah
0: so how did that affect your sobriety?
1: yeah it was difficult um when my brother got murdered i I probably got off track for about three months because I was going to meetings all the time. I was involved in helping people okay. and um <clears throat> I was a counselor as well in a correctional facility and um i I don't know I just we you know because we didn't know who had guilty i i um I thought I better resign from this in this correctional facility because that person may come through and I wouldn't know what I I don't know how I would react. So that was the toughest thing. And what happened is I I got to a place where I didn't want to go to meetings. I was I put myself on a path more the path to relapse Mm -hmm. rather than staying in recovery. But then one day I was driving down 77. I started my home group meeting. Um, a cocaine an- anonymous meeting and it dawned on me like dude what are you doing but I know when I say dawn on me I know that was God again intervening in my life to make me just see like I'm on the wrong path right, right. I remember turning my car around and going into that meeting and when I went into that meeting they the people that was in that meeting I mean they greeted me with nothing but love you know people were crying It made me cry it made me think about some of the things that I had got away from. And so from that point, um, I never forget. This is another, I think crucial point in my life because someone had asked me to read something in the Alcoholics Anonymous big book. And it's about resentments. If you have a resentment that you want to be free of, you need to pray for that person and ask God to give that person what you will want for yourself. Even when you don't want to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, um,
0: so this was about your the guy who murdered your yes, brother. Yes, okay. yes.
1: So I had to actually pray for this individual and ask God to give him what I would want for myself. Because if you have, if you say you love God and you trust God and you have faith in God, then God is who He is. He will deal with that individual yeah. when that time comes. But for me, for my sanity and for you know my peace of mind, I had to do that. Yeah. And that was probably one of the hardest things that I had to do in my uh, early, early part of my recovery. And, uh, but it was the most rewarding experience because I'm still here. Yeah. You know, and that's how I look at it. Um, but, so
0: you had a ton of losses. Yeah. New in recovery. So what yes. were some of those? Obviously your faith, going to group, what else kind of? were those protective factors. Because that's a lot to go through. It is. It early is. in recovery.
1: I had a lot of support, you know. Um at that time I met my wife and um she was very strong in her uh, faith. Okay. So she and I had a lot of conversations, um had a lot of support like from a lot of people. Like my dad I lost my dad, I was sponsoring a lot of people. And you know, one of the gentlemans I was sponsor, you know, he was helping me more than I was helping him because, you know, he was just there to listen to whatever I had to say and just, you know, kind of, you know, encouraged me to to stay on the path that I was okay. on. That was in 97. In 2001, you know, I'm five years into my sobriety and then I lose my brother. Um, what helped me in that aspect was just me getting back on, you know, the right lo- knowing that I'm on the wrong path yeah. to working in the field, too, that helped you know, kind of ground me as well.
0: So when you got back from California, did you go to school? Yeah, I went back to college. Yeah,
1: I went to college, got my first degree in 2005, and then kept going, and then I got another degree in 2013.
0: Okay.
1: And social work. And so, you know. Happy
0: social work month. I'm a social worker, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah, you know, just those things like that. But, you know, I think just looking, I did, and, and I became, like, numb to life it seemed like my first 10 years i was kind of numb you know i had to go to counseling you know that's something that you know i didn't believe in that i needed that you know that would help me even though i'm a counselor i felt like i was strong enough that i didn't need no help that i can work through it through going to meetings talking to a sponsor you know um praying and going to church but you know going to see us uh uh
0: so if you have to say anything to anyone out there listening about yes. counseling, what would you say?
1: Go. 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 I love it. It's the best thing for you, for, well, for me anyway. And um, I still to this day, if I feel that I need to go talk to a psychologist or uh, my counselor, I'm going because I want to be healthy. I want to be, um, live the fullest life that I can possibly live. And I know that I don't have to do this by myself. So, you know.
0: I know a lot of people have, barriers or stigma around counseling mm-hmm. i want you to just kind of why is it different than just having a good friend why what would you recommend what is that added benefit of a counselor
1: a counselor helps you think about uh the decisions that you're making it, 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 counseling gives you skills coping skills to deal with problems that you're faced with um it also helps you find solutions to your problems. So there's so much about counseling that people, yeah, they have a negative stigma on that, you know, counseling is almost, they feel like they're weak individuals to ask for help. And that's far from the truth. You're a stronger person by asking for help than you are not asking for help. And for me, you know, being a counselor and, uh, uh, a pretty good counselor over the years I've gotten better and better with uh, my Counseling skills able to Kind of sell recovery to People because it's A life it's a way of life it's not Just something you do it's a way Of life you can actually have a A, a, a productive Lifestyle if you just do some Of the simple things that the counseling uh, Counselors are asking you or Counseling uh, uh, Experiences that you may Come across
0: something that you had said prior to speaking about counseling really kind of triggered in my own head. I mean, that was a lot to deal with. And I was thinking, you know, what tools did you use? And that's where you got your tools. So you, you need that support, that Mm -hmm. faith was very important in your recovery. There were a lot of things, but you also need to replace probably self-medicating became a tool to deal with life. Yes. So you need to learn new tools because if you don't replace them, you're kind of at risk
1: you are relapse or exactly and i think for me you know um just doing things differently you know um going to like um sober conventions and you know i remember being a part of uh, a cocaine anonymous and i was traveling to world cocaine anonymous conventions being like one of the main speakers wow yeah so i had a lot of great experiences and and, um try county states, you know, conventions where I'm like the guest speakers and it was like, wow. But just changing my, you know, surroundings, you know, and just getting away from the the, the people and or oh, the you know, environments that caused me to fail helped me to be successful. Did
0: you stay living in Canton?
1: I did. Okay. When I when I went to California, I lived in California for a little while, but then I came back to Ohio and when I came back to Ohio, um uh I stayed in the environment but then you know eventually life changed for me where I we were able to buy homes and get away from you know the, the city but you know still I see I, I know a lot of people and you know it's not about now a person trying to entice me to use or to encourage me to use I think when you show a person that you consistent and you sincere about your recovery they then tend to buy into what you're doing, and they become supportive. Even the person that's using, they, yeah, that's you know, and cool. it is like they want the best for you, you yeah. know, even in their addiction, as you can, like, I continue to show family, friends, like, hey, look, you know, this is my life, it's a great life, because I'm not doing some of the things you're doing, I'm not better than you, I'm just not doing those things, they tend to, like, want to gravitate right? to, you know, having a conversation, that's and thinking cool. about where they are in their life, so, yeah. Neat. Yes. It's been great.
0: So, first decade? First decade
1: was, was the depths, and second decade was just now, you know, me coming into my own and me trying to really figure out where I want to go with my life. And um, and so, what that entailed was, you know, me getting, you know, going back to school, getting a higher licensure, and um, trying to figure out, you know, what it is that, you know, Derek wants out of life, you know, because when you're getting clean and sober, you are pretty much you got to maintain that. You have to, you know, go to your meets, get your medicine. They say, get your medicine, go to meetings, call your sponsors, you know, be around, you know, supportive people. So I felt my kids and my wife <clears throat> had to sacrifice because I was doing those things to, to lay down my foundation. So then after, um, you know, the first 10 years, the second 10 years was being more involved with my family, okay. my kids, and grandkids and uh, trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do that's going to bring some type of happiness in my life? And, you know, it's a journey. Yep. And I, you know, I finally figured it out. You know, it took some time going through some adversity and uh, facing some challenging situations that I was able to, over, able to overcome that now I know exactly what direction I want to go in.
0: And what is that? Share so right
1: now I'm an entrepreneur, right? So it's like, okay, I have a website, um, DerekVJenkins.com. You know, i got to update some things on there. But having that website and having these skills that I have and uh, a lot of different, um, I guess, experiences, I want to say, has allowed me to be an independent contractor. You know, so. So,
0: like, recovery coaching or.
1: A little bit of all that. I mean, I have my certification to be a recovery coach, but. Right now, I mean, I'm working in Marietta, Ohio, right now, uh, three days a week as a operations uh, supervisor, temporary operations supervisor, um, because that's a skill level that I have. You know, I got hired based off of some of the skills, and this contract is for a year. So this con- uh, this position ends uh, the uh, – the week of March twenty second, and then I'll be transferred to Akron. Okay, and then I'll be, uh, from my understanding, uh, over a coffee shop, a recovery coffee shop, oh, that something totally cool. different. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so I am getting all these experiences because it's based off of skill. Like what am I able to bring to the table? You know, and I think now I can market myself in ways that I never did before. Uh, I was sharing earlier with the young man that you know I am doing virtual domestic violence. Um, workshops for inmates in the Lorraine uh, Correctional uh, Institution.
0: How and, cool uh, is that? And
1: yeah, I'm doing virtual. You know, it's like being right there and, you know, um, experience some success with having these guys really look at me as a, you know, not as just a leader, but a person like a role model, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do that domestic violence on Tuesdays and anger management on Thursdays. <clears throat> just like I said, it's just a blessings. I mean, being a consultant to my son who's running his business and just kind of just being that example for him and learning through my mistakes what not to do and seeing him have some success so I'm able to be a consultant to him. i mean, doing so many things. Um, refereeing basketball still, staying in shape and giving back to the community Um uh, doing so much it's so probably i'm missing so much that i'm doing yeah. because i'm in it you when you're in it you're not really yeah thinking you don't about even think it. of you're it you just just do it, life it's yeah it's life right and now i'm able to enjoy what i'm doing you know slowing down and just seeing like wow how grateful i am to be sober to be in this mindset that i am and thanking god that i didn't give in or give up and throw in the towel that life would you know be so bad because you lose people that you love. But in the same sense that how beautiful life is because you can do some things that you never did before.
0: Now, if you were speaking to someone still in addiction or early recovery, what what, what do you want them to hear?
1: You know, that you know, life is worth it. Uh, no matter what you're struggling with, maybe um, whether your drug of choice, whatever that may be, that <clears throat> don't allow the drug to dominate you, that you it, there's a way out and it's worth it. Um, be sincere and honest with yourself that it's causing you problems and just ask for help. There are so many people out here in Tuscarawas County that will help you. All you have to do is ask for help. It doesn't matter if it's Tuscarawas County or any other county, um, but just reach out and ask for help, and you'll, you'll see that's the first step. Is you admitting to yourself that your vice is causing you issues in your life and that you want to change. And don't, that you're
0: worth it. You're and worth you're worth it
1: every bit of it. Just like I'm worth it. I'm still worth it to this day. And I And I tell people that I work with that they're worth it. You know, you may not like yourself right now, but eventually you will. You just got to get yourself some help.
0: That's awesome. Yes. I don't even know if there's much more else that we need to say other than you're worth it. And it might not be easy at first, but... I think that's the beauty of having 25 years to look back yes. is to see, you know, life is hard. It is. And we go through periods of time, whether we're in addiction or not, life is hard.
1: But it's rewarding. It is. You
0: and know? especially now as we're getting a little bit older to kind of see those fruits and those children. And you yes. mentioned grandchildren.
1: Grandchildren. Being a part of the life, seeing them grow up. And,
0: and you sh- love to give back. I think service is huge, you know.
1: Yes. And those are the essentials, you know, help another person, you're you helping yourself. When you're helping them, you're helping yourself. You're just staying grounded, not yeah. getting away from your roots, your foundation and everything. You know, and I, I do want to say to people, yeah, you know, building that foundation is very important. Um, whether you're an adolescent, whether you're vaping, whoever may see this that's, you know, on the wrong path that you know how well, maybe you shouldn't have got high. Don't beat yourself up. Just get yourself out of that situation and, and just know that Within inside yourself, you you are strong, you know, and by you getting away from people who's trying to entice you to vape or entice you to do drugs or entice you to do pills or whatever the situation may be, you're worth it and you can get out of it and, you know, think positive. I think for me to be able to work with a lot of different people of all different ages and uh, it doesn't matter what kind of background you have that I'm able to just say, you know, look, look around you. If you're unhappy with what you're doing, make some changes. And that's the bottom line. Is just getting away from those individuals that's not good from you and surrounding yourself around people who care about you and love you and want to see you be success- successful.
0: Derek, honestly, I think you just nailed it right there. Yes. I think we're going to wrap it up now, but, you know, you're worth it. Help's available. All you have to do is reach out. You know, we've been posting this hope line that was just released. It literally is easy as calling the number and someone will answer or call you back. We can get someone to walk beside you till we get some appointments, whatever we need, getting your right level of care. Um, and then just doing life intentionally doing the work that needs to be done. I loved you saying, you know, 10 years, that's a long time. And, and you were able to say like, I know this costs my family.
1: Yes. It some did.
0: time as well, but I'm sure your wife and kids and grandkids are so thankful for all you invested because now you're really able to be that father, grandfather, husband. Yes. they were intent. We're designed to be right. Exactly.
1: And that's the goal. Now that's what, you know, the path that I'm on is to, to be there for them, be present.
0: Yeah. Super cool. Yep. Well, Derek, thanks so much guys. Thanks for listening. Um, again, reach out, get help if you need it. And, uh, I loved your little tip about counseling that we all probably need to have a counselor and just check in every it. once in a while. Right. Yes. yes. Sounds good. Okay guys. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Hey. Hey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County anti-drug coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.